Alright guys, go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Last week we began a series uh, going through the letters of John. We're going to spend the majority of our time in 1 John chapter 1. Uh, we'll get to 2 and 3 John later on, but we'll be in 1 John chapter 1 <clears throat> for quite a while. Uh, the purpose of this series is for us to know God. For us to know God better. For us to know Him. I know the truth about Him. And then to live our lives in truth, in obedience, in faithfulness, and love. So we're not supposed to just live however, however we want to live. <clears throat> God has given us a way to live. And so the purpose of the series is for us to know God. And then through knowing God, know how to live in truth, obedience, faithfulness, and love. Tonight we're going to be looking at uh, 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-10. through 10, And talking about sin and the life of a believer. Sin and the life of a believer. Sin is not a popular topic in today's world. Sin is not a popular topic. People don't like to talk about sin. Sin is viewed as outdated, as something that's offensive, uh, something that only fundamentalists believe. Uh, it's kind of out of touch with reality. That's, that's how people view sin. And it doesn't match up with the love of God. People go, oh, there's no way that sin really can, can go along with God loving people. If God loves all people, then sin's really not a big deal. That's, that's what people believe about sin. Yet, you cannot, you cannot understand the love of God without understanding the reality of sin. To think correctly about Jesus, you must think correctly about sin. <clears throat> to think correctly about Jesus, you must think correctly about sin. So if we have a don't have a correct understanding of sin, we're really not going to have a correct understanding of Jesus. Because the whole reason Jesus came was to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be forgiven of our sin. And so 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-10, through 10, John addressed the issue of sin and those who claim to belong to God. And we must understand that when he wrote to these early Christians, he was writing to combat false doctrine. And so he was combating those who were saying they believed in Christ, saying they had fellowship with God, but they were walking in sin. <clears throat> so we need to understand this original context so that we know how we can rightly apply it to our lives today. So as we look at our text tonight, I want you to consider this question. Are you the real deal? Are you the real deal? Do you claim to be a Christian? And does your life show that you are a Christian? Are you the real deal? Does your walk match your talk? If I or anybody else was to examine your life, would it be obvious that you belong to God? Or would you have to really dig and you're really not too sure? Because you're either a Christian or you're not. There's no middle ground. So you're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. So I want you to consider that question tonight as we think about our lives, as we think about sin. Are you the real deal? Are you the real deal? Let's pray and then let's dive into our text for tonight. Father, as we read your text, as we read your words you've given us, God, it is holy scripture. It is authoritative. It is perfect. It is inerrant. It is infallible. God, it is, it is sufficient. So God, as we think about who you are, as we think about who we are, as we think about sin, Lord, would you just open our eyes to see, give us ears to hear, minds to comprehend and to understand your truths and a heart that is ready to boldly and assuredly and confidently receive your word and respond to you in obedience. Lord, would you just bless this time tonight? Would you help us to rightly apply your word to our lives so that we may live in obedience to you? And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. A couple things I want to consider tonight as we think about 
Are you the real deal? So let's read this text and then let's talk about some things. First John chapter one, verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we lie, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. So a couple of things I want to consider from this text that are very important for us to understand about our lives, for us to understand about God. The first is that God's holiness is the standard for our lives. God's holiness is the standard for our lives. You see that in verse 5. In, in the first section of this verses, John gives this bold and very clear declaration uh, in this introduction, affirming the truth of who Jesus is. And then in verse 5, after affirming who Jesus is, in verse 5 he says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. Alright, so he's got a message that he's heard from Jesus. He's, he, remember in the, in the introduction, he had this apostolic authority. He was saying, hey, I was, a, I was a witness of Jesus. I saw him. I walked with him. Me and these other guys, we, we knew Jesus. So John said, this is my testimony. And this is the message we've heard from him and are proclaiming to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. This is the message. Focus on the holiness of God. The message that John and the others heard from Jesus is centered on holiness. And this is the primary thing John wants his readers to consider here. And this, this really sets the text up. The text is kind of broken up into the whole book of 1 John is broken up into kind of two main parts. And so this is kind of the first of the main parts in verse 5. And then we get over uh, later on about where uh, this is the message you've heard in chapter 3 verse 11 uh, from the beginning. We should love one another. So we see about light and then love. But first is in uh, verse 5 that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And so after considering who Jesus is, giving the truth about him and talking to his believers about that. Next, we see that he talks about God. So we started with Jesus. Now he's talking about God. So what we need to understand is that when we consider life in general, when we consider anything about life, we are to start with God himself. We must start with God himself. So let's think about this for a minute. So John wrote this letter to combat false teaching that was arising in the church. We looked at that last week in chapter 2, verse 19. Uh, there were some people who were, you know, went out from the church, but they were really not of us because they had just abandoned the teachings about Jesus Christ. And so that's the purpose for John writing this letter to these believers. So the false teaching was causing to people to believe things about God that were not true. And it was affecting the way that they were living. John declared the truth about Jesus. Then John declared that, that he had a message that he and the other apostles had heard from Jesus and that God is light. This message that, of the truth about Jesus. And so believing that is important because it affects the way we live. And so obviously these people who were not believing that Jesus had come in the flesh, they believed that Jesus didn't really come in the flesh. It was an early form of what is called Gnosticism. I told you guys that word last week. It just... They just believed different things and they didn't really they didn't believe that Jesus actually came in flesh because they believed that all flesh was evil and therefore Jesus couldn't take on flesh. That's it's not true. And so they're believing these things and it affected the way that they lived. 
And so John was writing to give clarity on who Jesus is and then this message of who God is. God is light. Knowing the truth about God affects the way people live. So this is John's primary focus. Is, is on, it's not on how people were living. John didn't say, hey, you know, this is the message that we've heard from him and proclaimed to you. Be nice to people. Do good things for people. No, he starts, this is the message we've heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. He focuses on the holiness of God. Why does he do that? Because if we have a right understanding of who God is, then it will affect the way that we live our lives. We will rightly or should rightly live our lives knowing the truth about who God is. John testified to the truth about who Jesus is, and he, procla- he declared it to the believers and proclaimed this message about God. Why? Why did he do this? So that they might have fellowship with God. Look with me back in verse 3. It says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that, there's a reason, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with God the Father, and with his, or with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So there's a reason. So that we have a fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And then in verse 5, we say that he, John's proclaiming this message that God is light. And in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So we see this thing about fellowship. This fellowship, this, this Greek word koinonia, this intimate fellowship. This intimate relationship with people that, that we can focus around something. Fellowship with God is centered on the true nature of who He is. Fellowship with God is centered on the true nature of who He is. Fellowship with God isn't just we come up with something that sounds cool and that's the basis of our belief. That's not what fellowship with God looks like. Fellowship with God is centered on the nature of who He is. And so in in the introduction, know the truth about Jesus so that you too can have fellowship with us and with the Father. Verse 5 and 6. Understand the holiness of God. Understand His character and His nature so that you can have fellowship with Him. Fellowship is centered on the nature of who God is. And we see this light and dark comparison that John used. That God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. He used this, this as a, to kind of represent two different categories of uh, right and wrong, of being pure and impure, being holy, being evil, being wicked, being, being righteous and just. And so the, the light, God is light, he is, he is morally pure. He is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. And in him there is no darkness at all. So when we think of darkness, that's a category representing evil, immorality, uh, wickedness, you know, all these, all these evil and corruption, sinfulness. So these, these two categories, John is making a distinction. God is light, there's no darkness in him. So there's light and dark. There's no gray area. And so what he's saying is, you're either with God or you're not. You're either for God or you're against Him. You either belong to God or you don't. There's no like, well, I kind of belong to God. On, on Sundays and maybe on Wednesdays I belong to God. And the rest of the day, rest of the week I belong to myself. No, it's, it's you either belong to God or you don't. And we see John here, instead of trying to correct moral behavior, John gets right to the root of the issue. Understanding the character of God. John isn't trying to correct these believers' behavior. He's not saying, encourage these people who are walking away from the faith to, to try to just be better, to live better. That's, that's not John's focus. He's, he's correcting them and instructing them by teaching them 
about the holiness of God. Telling them that God is light. There's no darkness in Him. So when we have a correct understanding of who God is, we understand that is the standard for our life. He is the standard for our life. We did a series on holiness a couple months back, and we looked at some passages in Leviticus. We looked at uh, 1 Peter talks about this, just that God is holy, and because He's holy, therefore we should be holy. So because God is holy, as His people, you and I should be holy as He is holy. An understanding of the holiness of God leads us to live as we do as Christians. And so before you try to correct behavior, a lot of people just want to fix behavior. And there are good that we do need to fix our behavior a lot. But before trying to fix all the different behaviors, you need to get to the root of the issue. It's understanding the holiness of God. And because God is holy, that is the standard into which we are to live. And that is what John starts out with this whole section of. And if you look at the next, you can kind of look at your headings. If your Bible has different headings uh, in different sections, uh, you can kind of look about this. And really throughout the rest of this text for a little while, it's talking about because God is holy, because He is light, this is how we're to live. So we see a lot of this. A.W. Tozer uh, said, you may have heard this quote before, the most important thing about you is what comes to your mind when you think about God. The most important thing about each of you is what comes to your mind when you think about God. It's not how well you do in school. It's not how much your parents love you. It's not what kind of job you get. It's not with your family. The most important thing about you is what you think about when God, when, what comes to your mind when you think about God. Because that affects everything in your life. If you think God is very just a, a judge waiting to correct or waiting to just get you for every sin you make, then you're going to live your life in fear thinking, I, I, I've got to earn my way to Him. I've got to do certain things so that God will be happy. If, if you see God as just a, a loving dad who just loves everybody in spite of their sin, just all He is is love, then you miss God's justice and His righteousness, His holiness. We miss different aspects of God. It's understanding who God is. So when we think about God, what comes to your mind? Understanding who God is, His nature, character, that He is light, perfect, and morally pure is of first importance because God Himself is the standard for our lives. His holiness is the standard for our lives. So we see that God's holiness is the standard of our lives. And secondly, fellowship with God results in holy living. Fellowship with God results in holy living. We've received this message that God is light. We see that in verse 5. And then in verses 6 and 7, we see this. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Therefore, if we claim to belong to God, if you claim to have fellowship with God, your life should show that. Your life should be a reflection of God's holiness. Your life should be characterized by holiness. When people think of you, when people describe you, how do they describe you? Oh, he's a funny guy, or oh, they get in a lot of trouble, or oh... That person is holy. Can someone describe your life and categorize your life as being holy? First, you must believe the correct things about God. We see John's intro about Jesus and God is light. Then you must live according to these truths. You must know the truth about God. And then you must live according to the truth of God. It's a, it works like that. So how you live, this is something for you to think about. How you live reveals what you really believe about God. If you're living your life just any way you want to, you don't believe that God is, has all authority. 
You don't believe that God is, that He is a judge, that He is righteous, that He is holy. You don't believe that, you know, as Jesus said in the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me. How you live your life reveals what you really believe about God. If you claim to have fellowship with God, yet your lifestyle does not reflect anything of the characteristics of God, it's going to be really hard for me to believe that you belong to God. And if you live like this, you need to stop lying to yourself. Because what does John say? If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It's very clear about that. If you say you belong to God, but your life does not reflect that at all, then you're lying and you're not a Christian. Not, oh, well, you're just a, you know, you've fallen off the wagon. You just need to get back up and try to do better. No, he says you don't belong to God. The truth's not in you. There's no darkness in God. There's no sin, no evil, no impurities in God. Now, we will sin. There's no doubt about that. We sin every day. We will We will sin. We will have sin in our lives. And John's not saying here that you have to be absolutely perfect. But what he is saying is that if your life is characterized by unrepentant, ongoing sin, you really need to check yourself. You're proving that you're not a Christian. Because if your life is characterized by sin, you're okay with unrepentant sin. That just shows you don't have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. That goes for you. That goes for your friends. That goes for your family. Walking in darkness does not necessarily mean that you're living a lifestyle of some disgusting outward sin. A lot of times when we think about sin, we think about things we can see. It's like, oh, that person, yeah, they, they did all that. Or that person, you know, that, we heard about a murderer on TV, a serial killer. He killed like hundreds of people. Like, yeah, that's sin. We, we think about those kind of things. But, but really what we see here, if you, if you look at the text... What walking in darkness is, is is not walking in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do some outward sin that everybody sees. Walking in darkness means you're consistently living your life apart from the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're consistently doing things your own way, not looking to God at all. You're consistently disobeying the commands of God just because you want to do what you want to do. Doing what you want to do, living a lifestyle just however you want to do, that's walking in darkness. That's not just being a good person and you go to church to make yourself feel better. That's, if you're consistently walking outside apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're walking in darkness. Walking in the light, on the other hand, walking in fellowship with God, as we see from verse 7, it has two results. It has two results. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship with one another, and we are cleansed from our sin by the blood of Jesus. There are two results from walking in the light. When you have an understanding of the holiness of God, and you live your life in fellowship with Him, walking with Him, spending time in His Word, spending time in prayer, worshiping Him, serving others, loving others, when you spend your life walking with God, And when you have an understanding of the holiness of God and you live your life in fellowship with God, it results in you having close fellowship with one another, with other believers, and being cleansed of your sin. I'm not saying, and John's not saying, that living a holy life earns you these things. He's not saying that if you live a holy life, then Jesus will forgive you of your sin. 
You have to do this so that Jesus will forgive you of your sin. No, no, no. Because Jesus has forgiven you of your sin, therefore you live a holy life. Because Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness, because you have fellowship with one another, therefore you live a holy life. It's not earning this. It's because of this. This isn't moralism. What do I mean by moralism? Walking in the light doesn't mean you just try to be a good person. Now, hopefully, as a Christian, you are a good person. You do things. You are a moral person. God is a moral being. Hopefully, you are a moral person. But it's not just being a good person and doing good things. There are Buddhists. There are atheists. There are people who just don't, just whatever, who can be good people, can do good things, can serve others, can help others. That's, that's not, but they're walking in darkness. They're not walking in the light. Walking in the light means you submit your life daily to the authority of God as directed by the Scriptures. And you're living your life as someone who belongs to God. This is what walking in the light looks like. Walking in the light isn't just for special Christians. It's not for you know, pastors and ministers in the church. It's not for just people who are, just really know a lot about the Bible. Walking in the light is the call for every Christian. You are called to walk in the light. I'm called to walk in the light. As a Christian, as someone who belongs to God, you're to walk in the light. It's an expectation of everyone who professes Christ as Lord and Savior and claims to have fellowship with God. And when you walk closely with God in intimate fellowship with Him, the product, the result of that will be holy living. And so the more closely you walk with God, the more holy you will become. So this is what it means to have a fellowship with God. It results in holy living. And so a way to tell if you're in close fellowship with God, a good way to tell if you're walking closely with God is to examine your life. Are you living a holy life? If you're not living a holy life, chances are you're not walking closely with God. Now, we all will do unholy things. But if your life is characterized by unholiness, you're not walking in the light. And if, it is, if, if your life is that just describes your life, you don't belong to God. You don't belong to God. In verses 8 through 10, we see if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now you may think, well, Jack, I really don't sin a lot. I don't really know what you're talking about. Like, I, sure, I sin, but I don't, I don't sin a lot. I really don't sin. And I would say to you, if you say that you don't sin, you're deceiving yourself. You're lying to yourself. And you're making God a liar. Because Paul is very clear about sin. That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. And then in Ephesians 2, verses 1-3, through 3, we're all born with a sinful nature. So we're all born with a sinful nature and we all have sinned. And so if we say we haven't sinned, or we say, well, I don't sin. I'm a good person. You're making God a liar. And what does John say at the end of verse 10? We make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. Those who continuously walk in darkness are blind to their sin. And will even believe that they don't sin. If you continually walk in darkness, apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ, you'll just become blind to your sin. You'll become numb to it. You'll become okay with it. And you'll think to yourself, I don't sin. What are you talking about? 
People who walk in darkness believe they're generally decent people who don't sin. And believing this reveals that a person does not know God or His Word. A person who has fellowship with God realizes his sinful nature and the need for God. And a person who does not belong to God, a person who walks in darkness, does not know God and does not see his need for God. Do you see a need for God? Or do you think, well, yeah, I, I, know, I know I'm supposed to see a need for God, but I, I really don't see that in my life. Well, chances are you really don't know what His Word says. Study His Word. God wants you to know Him. He wants you to know His Word. He wants you to walk in the light. Do you, do you walk in the light? Do you know what He says about sin? Do you know what He says about how you are to live as a Christian? We need to understand what God says about sin, not what we think or what the world says about sin. A lot of times we fall into the trap of, especially in our culture, we're, we're around church, we're around Christian people, we have a copy of the Bible, we have it on our phones, we're, we're familiar with church, and we can fall into the trap, a dangerous trap, of, of thinking we really know what God says, when really it's just what we think God says. We may think, well, I think God says that. But we don't know what he says. And therefore we live according to what we think God says rather than what God actually says. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. So we need to understand what God says about sin. Sin is mentioned four times in these three verses. In verses 8 through 10. And denying sin is denying God's word. Denying sin is denying God's word. Confessing sin is agreeing with God's word. So you're either denying God's word or you're agreeing with God's word. Verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 10 says, if we, if we say we have not sinned. So very similar to verse 8. If we say we have no sin, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his truth is not in us. But look what verse 9 says. If, you can, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we're denying our sin, if we're denying that we don't have sin, we're the ones condemning ourselves. We're the ones bringing judgment on ourselves because we show we don't know God or His Word. But if we confess our sins, how do we do that? By humbling ourselves through God's Word, seeing what He says about sin, realizing that we are sinners, realizing that the things in our lives that aren't matched up with what God says and what He expects of us, th- those things are sin. When we confess that, when we agree with God about that, that's what confessing is. Confessing sin is not just saying things. You can just say, oh, I did this. and you know. But if you agree with God about what sin is, that's confessing your sin. When you confess your sin, it doesn't say we do anything. He is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, like I said, when we deny our sin, we're bringing condemnation on ourselves because we prove that we don't know God. But when we confess our sin, when we agree with God about our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. So as we close tonight, I want to ask you a few things. How, or just let's talk about a few things as we close. How you view sin ultimately reveals what you believe about Jesus. How you view sin ultimately reveals what you believe about Jesus. Because if sin is not a big deal, then Jesus dying on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for sin is not a big deal. But if sin is serious, then Jesus' sacrifice is serious, right? We face sin every day in our lives. You face temptations. You face sin. 
You see it all. It is, it is legalized. It's publicized. It's glorified. It's celebrated all across our culture, all across our community. We, we see sin everywhere. It is all up in your face. But we must know how to fight against sin. How do we do that? According to God's word. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, how did he respond to the devil's temptations? With the word of God. Three different times with the word of God, he responded against temptation. We fight against sin as we walk in the light by knowing his word and by knowing how to use it. That's, that's important. Not just knowing his word and using it however we want to, but using it properly. Handling it, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly using his word. We're never going to be sinless in this life, but we will sin less as we pursue God, as we follow after Him, as we seek to become more holy as He is holy. God is light and in Him there is no darkness. We must take sin seriously. We must take God's holiness seriously. God also is forgiving. Verse 9 says that God is forgiving. We must also take God's forgiveness seriously. Some people think, well, I've sinned too great. God can't forgive me. God says in His Word, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't have to receive the punishment that we deserve for our sin because Jesus has paid the penalty for sin. And for those who place their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins... We'll be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 talks about that. Let me ask you a couple questions. And like we did last week, we're going to close just, just spending some time reflecting on the Word of God. Just, just where you are quietly by yourself. Just spend a few moments. Just, and we're going to do this throughout the rest of probably as long as I'm here. Just after you hear the Word of God, just spending some time just being still and really reflecting on the Word of God. Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in fellowship with God? Are you seeking Him through His Word, through prayer? Are you worshiping Him? Are you obeying Him? Or are you claiming to have fellowship with God, yet you're walking in darkness? You're not, you're not really following after God. You're not really pursuing, pursuing Him. You say you are, but you're not. Stop deceiving yourself if that's you. If it is a continual lifestyle where you're like, well, I, I, I know I'm a Christian, but I, I know I keep messing up. It's a continual thing. My life is characterized by sin. My life is characterized by not walking with God. But I, but I know I made a decision years ago, right? If you're not looking unto Jesus every day, who is the author and perfecter of your faith, and you have to keep going back and back and back to a decision, stop fooling yourself. How do you know you're a Christian? You look unto Jesus. You don't look to yourself. You don't have to keep going back. There's a time in your life where you will be saved, where, where Christ saves a person. There's a time and a place of conversion where Christ brings you from death to life. But if there is no fruit after that, if you have to keep going back to just, I think when I was in you know, second grade at BBS or whatever, you have to keep going back to that and you can't look to how God is continuously working in your life. Chances are you're not a Christian. Look unto Jesus. Don't deceive yourself. Don't live your life going, well, I, I don't know. 
Repent of your sin. Place your faith and trust in Jesus and follow after Him. Walk in faithfulness to God. Walk in the truth of who He is. Walk in obedience to Him. Walk in love.